Hello, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, great to be here. TGIF. <laughs> TGIF indeed. Um, awesome. So I guess we can get started um, while people are going ahead and settling in. Um, for those of you who don't know me right now, uh, the one behind handling the account is Jonathan. Um, I may have met m many of you or you guys may have heard in the past spaces um, but today it's actually exciting because not only do we have you as a guest, but then we are also going to have, um, Eduardo Armago and Blake take the lead on this one and try ahead and, you know, carry on the conversation and dive into these, um, topics. So before I really go into them and, and hand it over to Eduardo, I just want to say personally, thank you so much again for agreeing to do this. And, uh, I look forward to hearing amazing conversations. So, Eduardo, if you'd like to take it over, um, get a nice introduction, introduce yourselves, maybe you and Blake, um, to get everyone else on the team acquainted with you guys and what you guys do behind the works, because you guys also work with me. So, um, for the people that don't know. Yeah, definitely. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much, uh, Jonathan, for getting the space started. And I do want to say, before I even continue, how do you say your name correctly? Because I've been writing it over and over again and i was like i i don't want to mess up your name is it mike mike <laughs> it's mika yeah um it's dutch so it has a lot of um you know too many vowels <laughs> <laughs> okay that's awesome thank you so much for joining us uh yeah so i actually started at the museum as a volunteer uh, a year ago uh, with the exhibits and uh been able to participate uh, regularly with their exhibits and uh a lot of the visitors that come in, I'm able to greet them there uh, when we're open. And uh, yeah, so I've actually been helping with the Discord as well. We have a great community in there, uh, trying to make sure we can support people uh, around us. Uh, maybe Blake, do you want to mention a little bit about you? Yeah, hey, how's it going? Um, I have been with the museum about two months, and uh, I kind of work from here, Greek guests, and uh, kind of show off the exhibit on Thursdays and Fridays. That's my time here. And uh, it's been great to kind of walk everyone through and uh, show off your work as well as everything else we have on display. Awesome. And uh, while we get started, maybe we can go ahead and ask folks to retweet the space as well and get the word out so people can join us. So I'll do that as well here. Uh, really easily if, if you haven't done it before you can just click the little button next to the little three dots and you can share that uh, with your space cool uh well maybe to kick things off uh let me introduce the seattle nft museum uh to folks that may not be familiar uh, this is an ongoing twitter space series uh, as the first permanent nft museum in seattle uh, our mission is to provide like a vibrant platform for artists, creators, uh, and collectors to showcase their NFTs uh, in a physical environment. Our Twitter space, uh, space is serious, the making of an NFT museum. Our goal is to kind of show, uh, or the aims is to take you behind the scenes and explore kind of the inner workings of the museum from the curation process, uh, artist interviews, uh, 
what we display as well as day-to-day operations through visitor interviews. Um, so maybe before we dive into that as well uh, with our conversation with Mika, we'd like to highlight that this current exhibit called Gen XX, it's uh, an exhibit exploring generative art, uh, a medium that actually predates NFTs, uh, has its roots in modern art movements such as surrealism, cubism, dadism, um, by harnessing mathematical or computational systems, generative artists explore providence, coincidence, and chaos, shaping these elements through their own creative vision. Uh, and this is really exciting. Our curator, uh, Joanna, uh, focused this exhibit around um, female empowerment and female artists in the space. So recognizing that generative art has long been a male-dominated medium, uh, the museum is proud to present Gen XX showcasing the incredible work of female identifying artists uh, who take center stage in their own narrative. Uh, so maybe, uh, Mike, uh, let me do a quick intro about you before I let, maybe let you do a little bit longer uh, intro about yourself. Uh, Mike, if you're not familiar, is an accomplished artist and writer based in Los Angeles. She's a creator of the Medusa Collection which compromises 2,500 generative art entities that reinterpret the Medusa myth. Uh, Mike's recent solo exhibitions include Tarot Reckoning uh, and Bad Feminist at Evergold Projects in San Francisco, as well as an audiobook at, I'm not sure how you say this, is it 1301PE uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, Mike's works have been featured in prominent publications such as the New York Times, W Magazine, The Guardian, and many more. Uh, through her involvement in charity and art auctions, Mika has helped raise over a million dollars for Plant Parenthood LA and a quarter million for the prison abolish, uh, abolitionist organization, Critical Resistance. Um, so in addition to her artistic pursuits, Mika is a co-organizer of NFT Tuesday LA and was a co-owner of the Night Gallery in Los Angeles. Uh, so yeah, we're thrilled to have you. That is quite the intro and accomplishments there. Uh, so yeah, please everybody welcome Mika. Uh, so Mika, maybe happy to be here. <laughs> maybe I'll just kind of let you first kind of give a quick little intro about yourself, uh, separate from my little <laughs> intro that I did. Uh, yeah, maybe just some background and a little bit about your artistic journey. Yeah. Um, yeah, happy. I my um, journey as an artist is a bit um unique uh i would say that's probably true for everyone in the nft space um not many people were born with the idea they were going to be an nft artist um though i also make the like paintings and a lot of physical work um so i feel like i identify more as an artist that works with nfts than an nft artist per se but i went to art school where i studied fine art uh, I went to UCLA, like studied painting, ceramic, sculpture, like very traditional media. Um, then I actually got into the business side of art, as it kind of mentioned. And I actually didn't make art for 10 years um, during my whole 20s, for the most part, because I was so wrapped up on the on the business side, selling other people's art, going to art fairs around the world. Um and that was really, um, you know, a sort of 
uh, I could say a lot about it, but it it actually was like uh, such an eye opening experience, and kind of it left me pretty jaded. Actually, by the end of it, I got pretty disillusioned. Um, you know, I entered the art world with a lot of romanticism and idealism. And then I actually almost walked away from it completely at the end of that because I was so um, um, disenchanted by what I'd seen. And but so I I walked away from the business side and kind of to devote myself to fully to art making and writing. And I actually did some like working with kids, um, tutoring and art lessons and stuff. Um, and I did that for five, six years. Um, and then in 2021, I sort of fell into NFTs and it was this real, it's kind of like a spiritual awakening for me, really. I'm from Silicon Valley and everyone in my family is an engineer, my brother, my parents. Um, and I always felt like the black sheep who, you know, loved art and loved these um like analog things but you know the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and I found myself really swept up by technology when it's applied to these like really creative and liberating pursuits um and yeah it was kind of just like I I kind of like fell head over heels for nfts and now I'm actually, I think, at a really interesting position, having been in the NFT world now for two years, um, where I'm starting to integrate all these different aspects of myself, the sort of NFT artist, the artist that makes physical work, and the art dealer, um, and seeing how they can all kind of come together and and um, I don't know, help each other, and sort, and also be used to help artists at large. So I don't know. That's um, <laughs> there's a lot there, but that's that's kind of an overview of my path. I love that. Um, well, we're glad you came back to it after a, the the small stint and break. Um, super happy about that. Uh, can you tell us? you know, about the inspiration kind of behind the Medusa collection and uh, how you approached like reframing the Medusa myth through generative NFTs? Yeah, my pleasure. So I started actually drawing Medusa in um, 2019. So I made a whole show called Bad Feminist that was about Medusa and it had Medusa paintings. And it was, um, I started working with Medusa because to work through some of my own feelings of monstrousness. When I stepped away from being an art dealer and, and running an art gallery, like the business side, um, it was really messy. It was like really messy. And I felt um, like my business partner was like extremely upset with me and sort of, I felt Kind of, I, I felt like something was monstrous with me, like something like I deserved shunning or something like that. Um, and it wasn't really in proportion to the event. Um, but anyway, when I, I started to, so I knew I wanted to process these feelings by drawing a female monster. 
and then I found out that oh like Medusa in the process of all this like was actually a rape victim um, according to Ovid's Metamorphosis and that she was raped by Poseidon and then the god Athena Poseidon's wife is who turned her into a monster and banished her to a cave so this person who we think of as a monster is actually this victim of sexual assault and just that this was the part of the story that didn't get any attention I thought was really interesting and spoke really a lot of volumes and then of course like on a personal level I related to this like having had my own sort of history with like sexual abuse um and actually seeing how that played into my own um self image as someone who's monstrous you know um but I think just to wrap up like in seeing that it that I in having compassion for Medusa and seeing that oh this person is really not a monster she's actually like this survivor kind of helped me have those own feelings for myself um and then with the generative project you know I think making the paintings was great but I think you know those paintings were really kind of like a a luxury like the paintings were like ten thousand dollars you know and so I kind of felt like this was a conversation I wanted to have with many more people and the way that the high-end art market worked it just didn't really facilitate that um so making a large-scale generative project where you know I think they the Medusas you can get them for like you know it depends on the price of ETH but like they're between like $150 or something um, just opened up who I could have that conversation with. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because I honestly did not have any clue about that, you know, other side of the story to Medusa. Um, so that's really interesting um, to share. And then just touching on like, degenerative art side and just being able to create a collection with many more pieces that's available to many more people at reasonable prices. I think that's just NFT art as a whole is, you know, going to keep pushing that narrative forward. Um, I agree totally with that because, you know, I do feel priced out sometimes of traditional art. And I think this is, you know, my way of being able to create or collect art that I like from artists that have been in the space on the traditional side and uh, you know, being able to collect that art at, at reasonable prices, like, like you said, depending on ETH and then even on Tezos and things like that. So uh, I definitely uh, can relate to that. Um, I do have, a, you know, how do you approach creating like NFTs versus other forms of artwork and uh, you know, what unique challenges and opportunities do NFTs present uh, sure. I feel like there's a question. Uh, <laughs> there, I see that the host has their hand raised. Was there, I just want to ask, was there a question to what I said before or? No, uh, I just wanted, I had a question that kind of goes on top of this one too. So I would love to hear kind of that one. And then I would love to piggyback on top of that question. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. Um, how do I approach NFT making? I mean, honestly, um, I think in increasingly, um, 
Well, the, I, I kind of see NFTs in two ways. I see like NFTs as in digital artwork. Um, and then I see the use of NFTs as a sort of um, tool. So I'm actually, just to talk about the latter first, um, I'm actually becoming an advisor for this company, Exhibited.at, which is using um, basically putting a, an artwork's exhibition history on the blockchain like attached to that nft so basically there's this resume like an artworks resume travels with it um and that's like a, just a really cool example of blockchain and uh, and nfts as this tool um but to and so we're actually making um nft coas for my paintings so I'm like really interested in trying to bridge the the digital and the physical. So they're actually not as separate as we think. Um, I mean, I think already like our lives are so blurry as to like what's physical, what's digital. And that's only going to continue, especially as, as AR grows and everything. Um, but yeah, so I think I don't... Um, yeah, maybe aside from this kind of like price point issue, um, well, I'll just say this, like, it's very easy to scale with digital in a way that it's not with physical, right? Like, for me to make 2,500 paintings would require like 100 studio assistants and a warehouse, and it would just be huge overhead. Um but what's cool about digital is like that's you can do that in the click of a button or you need a dev maybe <laughs> and devs aren't cheap. But for the most part, like you can have this. You can scale up so much easier um, and make things so much more affordable. And so I think that does affect um, what I make, but not too much. You know, I feel like even in my paintings, like I'm always interested in the, in um, the accessible, but I'm also like what I've gained. And I hope this is making sense, but like my experience as an art dealer, like I saw a lot of great, um, I saw art treated with a lot of care and like these really high standards and best practices that, that all art should be treated with. Um, and so I would love to see some of those, like the way that high end art gets treated and handled and like has a has a resume that travels with it. Like, I'd love to see that be applied to all artworks everywhere. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. I, yeah, that, that's really fascinating. Um, and just like the whole perspective of it as well. Um, and kind of like what, how I want to carry over and piggyback on that question. How do you carry over those same, you know, values of what you think art is? And especially when you want to convey something like how you're saying Medusa's other side of, you know, the, the, the sexual experience and trauma that she, that you, she was dealt with. Um, and when you're trying to convey that into generative art, like how do you really capture those emotions? Like how does that uh, progress look like uh, to keep those emotions and to convey those those emotions to everybody else viewing the art. 
Uh, that's a really good question. Um, thanks for asking. I mean, so one way that I did, like, this is very simple, but I, um, so the Medusas in the Medusa collection, they're taken from sculptures, uh, often of Perseus holding the head of Medusa. Um, these like by these famous Italian men from Western art history. So it's literally like, you know, I, I'm sure many of people know this part where like Perseus is the one that slays Medusa's head, holding up the shield. And, you know, um, she looks at her own reflection and is caught off guard and he like cuts her head off. Um, and so there's a lot of famous sculptures with this, you know, where Perseus is the hero clearly and Medusa is the enemy antagonist and so in my Medusa collection I just it's only her head that's shown I don't show the rest of that sculpture so I'm really like centering her narrative in the story by like literally centering her in the painting um and then there's just like a lot of in the Medusa collection, like you can see, there's just like a lot of emotionality in the actual works. Like some of the Medusas have kind of like blue eyes, like blue, like, like they almost look like beat up or puffy or something. Um, or they have like red, sort of like angry red brushstrokes. Um, or they'll just be this like blue haze around them. Um, so there's like a lot of emotionality, like in the actual um, painterly, well, they're digital paintings, but still like I approach them like a painter, but the sort of painterly gestures. Is it hard to kind of get that, um, that look, like do you get a lot of errors or trials that you're not like satisfied with during that process? Yeah, it's funny with the Medusa, I didn't like, I know you with generative art, you can, um, train it basically so that it it doesn't um you know like you can tell it ones you don't like and it will not produce those but I didn't really do that with the Medusa collection I kind of just I came up with the parameters and the gave the algorithm like the statistics that I wanted and just like let it rip um and so some of the Medusas are definitely like you know, the colors kind of clash or like they or it'll be weirdly all monochrome. Like there's a lot of like surprising juxtapositions that I would never personally have come up with. But I actually feel like that was part of the magic of the whole process. Like it showed me like and so what what the result was this just like cacophony of color and feeling and emotion of like yeah kind of every it was like every combination of emotion <laughs> just like unfurled in front of me in an instant like it kind of felt like the inside of my brain just laid out um and there was the things that like you know combinations I would consciously choose, but then there's all these, all, all these unconscious combinations that were also shown to me. And that I felt like was really fascinating to see because I was listening, you know, like in some ways, even the ones that are, have like clashing colors, like they're kind of like 
I don't say it's like the repressed um, I don't know it was kind of like I didn't repress my creativity and I just like let it rip without judgment and the result was really surprising and amazing and I think also created some things that are so much better than I ever could have consciously done yeah I was just gonna say it's so beautiful like when it works out and plays out that way where you're literally just going with your gut and rolling the dice and it plays out in the best way possible um I, I feel that all that too and it reminds me like a lot of like just I don't know like especially like tropically like it's it just it like it, it clashes beautifully like it's just pleasantly a, a beautiful palette so I'm glad that you went with that and I'm glad um that you chose to enlighten like that side of the story as well because I love Greek mythology and I love learning about th that and uh, I have heard that before in the past too so just for you to bring it up and really try to empower that it's amazing thank you that's so lovely I I really liked how you said it it allowed you to also kind of carry the conversation or, or expand the conversation with more people uh, at being an NFT could um so your work has been featured in, in charity art auctions, uh, raising money for organizations like Plant Parenthood and Critical Resistance. Can you speak to the importance of using art for social activism? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's definitely related to the Medusa collection, too. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I think um, storytelling is a, is a powerful tool. Um, and empathy and compassion are really, are really powerful. Um, and yeah, you know, like, uh, God, like how to say this, like, um, you know, I mean, I do, I do think you know, this is, this is kind of, like, I guess, going back to the art dealing, you know, I think art at its best um, should kind of reflect society back to itself. Um, and that that should be an, a growth opportunity, you know. Um, and it doesn't have to be, even if you're looking at something that's very hard and difficult, um, you know, you can bring a lot of beauty and magic and just deep emotion into it. Um, like it can be a really profound experience, even if it's painful. And so with the Medusa collection, like, you know, I think I'm talking about pretty difficult things, um, that are not that fun to talk about but they are very important and they really affect a lot of people but I think that the art itself like hopefully is like there's something you know it's visually stunning and like an invitation like a kind invitation to talk about pretty hard things um as opposed to maybe like a you know like a angry stick <laughs> um which is okay too you know I feel like some, there's like a time and place for that but yeah I think that's like a really powerful um 
thing about art itself. It's kind of like a safe place to talk about really hard things. Um, you know, I was talking, I actually was interviewed by someone for NFT Now for an article about generative art. And we're talking about AI art and how and so, you know, like there's a lot of fears about AI. Maybe some of you heard about this uh, petition that's being signed to stop AI research for six months. Like Eli Musk signed it and Andrew Yang and a bunch of people. Um, so there's like a lot of fear around AI and there's a lot of unknowns. And I, she asked me to talk about it because I, I said the same thing that like AI art and generative art, I think are some of the most contemporary art forms in being made right now because they reflect the moment we live in. Cause we do live in this period where we're completely enmeshed with technology and we need to look at that with a critical eye uh, or we need to just acknowledge the reality of that and kind of look at it. And art is like a really safe way and potentially fun and potentially beautiful way to look at that, um, you know, as opposed to like, you don't want to take gambles with using AI on your, you know, healthcare. And like, <laughs> you don't want to like play around with AI and in medicine just to like, see what you think about it or to like you you know like I think that's the special thing about art and that's why it goes so well with social activism uh that makes sense yeah I definitely agree and then kind of touching on like the social activism and the charity auctions and all of that stuff you know you've got a ton of extracurriculars and things like that you're also co-founder of you know nft tuesday la um how do you see the NFT community and in general evolving, uh, especially tapping into the AI right now? Um, and then what role kind of like do you hope to play in the evolution of this, you know, ever changing market and community? Yeah, good question. I mean, I feel like NFTs are going to become ubiquitous. Um, and so is AI. Like everyone is going to be. AI and NFTs are going to affect everyone probably like people will use it sooner than they realize. Um, I mean, they probably are already. They just don't even realize it, but they'll be consciously using them. Um, just the same way everyone uses the internet basically now almost. And yeah, I mean, I think if, if I can, you know, so the NFT community is going to just expand, expand, and it's basically until it's just going to be the whole world. And by that, I don't mean it's going to be one community. It's going to be as diverse as the world is, you know, like there isn't going to be an NFT community. There's just going to be the same communities that exist already, and but they're going to use NFTs in some way, shape, or form. Um, and what? so what I would, you know, for me, my hope, I think, is to um, bring all of my lived experiences as an art dealer, um, as an artist, as a writer, as someone, as a technology lover, um, 
as someone who has worked with kids, like bring all of that together in a way that uh, helps others um, and up, uplifts others. <laughs> you, you, you know, I, I mentioned to folks that you're also a writer. I'm curious, uh, how do you balance your role as both an artist and a writer? And how do these two disciplines inform and influence each other? Yeah, that's great. Um, I mean, you know, it's like I'm I'm also a writer. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm so many things, you know, and they all nurture different sides of myself. Um, you know, I'm also a recent mother and I'm a partner and um I'm a daughter and I'm a sister and all these things. But I think for to get back to your question, like and I've actually started using language in my art itself and that has felt like a big breakthrough but I feel like they both help me I don't know sometimes with art it's like how I work through things that I can't yet articulate but sometimes that's true with writing too like I'll just write and then like they both help me access my subconscious through different ways. Um, one is maybe a little more analytical or journalistic. And the other one is like pure intuition. So I say writing is a little more analytical, um, like diaristic, journalistic. And then art is kind of like just like pure intuition. But they both kind of help me see myself better. They both are portals to my subconscious. I love that. And then like tapping into, you know, generative art and all of the things he related, like, how do you see NFTs, you know, impact on the traditional art market? You know, your background as an art dealer and things like that. Um, you know, we touched on the availability to, you know, multiple people, especially at one time at, at pricing for, you know, uh, entry to you know collecting traditional art and all that things like what what do you see you know this impact having on the traditional art market and do you see that crossover coming soon and and, and stuff like that yeah uh, that's interesting you know i mean i i do see it soon well so this is i'll be really the traditional art world that i know they have been so skeptical of nfts the whole time except for maybe like christie's you know who sh sold the people um they've been so skeptical and then i feel like a lot of them are actually relieved that it this crypto winter like they feel like nfts have gone away and they don't actually have to deal with it that's <laughs> very short-sighted you know i've written a lot for artsy and i actually pitched them an nft article back in November of last year and they told me they weren't writing about NFTs anymore so which again is a major oversight I think so I think that the I don't know how quickly they'll come around to adopting NFTs either as digital art or as a tool um, but I'm betting on I'm betting big on NFTs and, and physical art in general. Like I said, I'm 
an advisor to this company and we're working on NFT certificates of authenticity to go with paintings that would also include like be their exhibition history and press history potentially. So using like the blockchain as this public record keeper, like decentralized record keeper, I feel like that's something we're only scratching the surface of. And that has the potential to like really help the traditional art world as well as a lot of other fields. Like I was even imagining like, you know, I gave birth recently and all the hospitals, all their records are um, siloed, right? Like they don't, they, it's kind of an ordeal to get your records transferred from like one hospital or doctor to the next. And like, could you imagine if just there, it was so easy for like, they could be pulled up anywhere by any hospital and yet were like encrypted so that they weren't public, you know, like there's just this efficiency that the blockchain allows that I feel like has the potential to, do a lot of good for everyone and the traditional traditional art world you know like there's so many people that this lack of efficiency is hurting and yeah i just see a lot of potential there that's super interesting what you're working on it makes me think that the nft or the art piece itself can almost in a way be alive on its own, right, and carry its own history and, and its own background. Um, yeah, I think that's super interesting. Uh, Providence or Providence is going to think be a, is what a lot of people are interested in. So I think that's really cool. You're adding this other really interesting layer of it um, with the exhibitions and, and all that. Um, so I have this last question here for you, and then we're going to open it up for Q&A. So folks in, from the audience, feel free to request and, and come up here if you'd like to ask any questions as well. Um, Micah, what advice would you give to emerging artists who are interested in exploring NFTs and the digital art space? Oh, wow. You know, I mean, I think just it's kind of the advice I give any artist or anyone anywhere is, you know, to get get involved and to not be shy um you know go to events in person or twitter spaces and you know invite like raise your hand and ask to speak or introduce yourself um you know i think it's it can be uncomfortable for it's uncomfortable for anyone but then it seems like especially uncomfortable for artists to um maybe be uh, sort of extroverted or outgoing or, um, you know, it can feel like it's just even introducing yourself is like overly salesman-y or something like that. Um, but I feel like I would just encourage artists to, yeah, get engaged and then to not like hide in the back of the classroom. Like once you're... <laughs> Like, if you put in the energy to go to something, you know, go there and, and speak up and be present um, and get the most out of it. 
it's one of the trickiest things I think I've noticed for a lot of folks coming in is that balance of like, you're, you're not shilling, you know, always think of it as like sharing, I, I think is, is helpful. And just having that mindset of, you know, you're sharing your story yourself. And I think with like the artwork that you're creating your pieces, it, it's so powerful because you're there, there isn't just this visual component of it. It's beautiful but also a, a deeper meaning to it. And like you said, the conversation that can be had. Um, so that's great advice. Um, I'm going to see if anybody's requesting to come up here. Uh, I'll let uh, Jonathan or Blake accept those uh, if they are. But I, I also just want to say, because uh, we're coming towards the end of the hour here, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been super interesting. I can definitely tell you're a writer. Um, I really enjoyed uh, hearing from you and and your background on this and it I, I think it's always really interesting folks that have a traditional quote-unquote traditional art background and then you add the fact that you were also a dealer um, and then you add that it's generative art I think you just got so many interesting intersections to coming so I yeah I hope people were able to to see that that's really fascinating how they're all kind of merging uh, for you Thanks. I really appreciate that. Um, was there anything that maybe you wanted to add as well before we, we close up the space for folks? No, I mean, I would love to just, yeah, any questions anyone has, you know, I mean, let this be a place, like a safe place to practice, you know, speaking up and uh, introducing yourselves. Yeah, and if folks are, you know, rather comment uh, as well, feel free to do that. On the right-hand corner, there's a little comment button. So if you add a comment there, we'll make sure to read it out loud if you like um, as well. Have You haven't made it to the museum yet, have you, by chance? Because you're not from the Seattle area. No, I'm based in Los Angeles. Um, but, yeah, I haven't been, but I would love to. Um, this is actually my second time showing at the Seattle NFT Museum. Um, I was in, I think, maybe the very first show or like among the first shows, um, the Carbon Drop um, that had Rafiq Anadol and people and um, a bunch of other great artists in it. Backed by popular demand. <laughs> um, Too so kind. Really it, we had to. I mean, it, it was so fitting uh, for this exhibit, Gen XX. It, 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 we had to bring you back. <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, if you ever do, you know, are in the Seattle area, highly recommend stopping by. And then our exhibit openings are so much fun. Uh, I, I wish you were there. That's one of the most interesting things is meeting the artists face to face. Um, so that's one of my favorite things about the museum and, and the artists that we're, that we're showing. It's so surreal seeing their art pieces and then actually talking to them about it. Uh, so yeah, I would love to have you, you know, sometime here for that as well. Yeah. And if you're ever in LA too, um, you know, let me know if it goes for anyone. I love it. Um, Jonathan, do we have any folks requesting up here before I kind of do a little closure? I want to make sure people have a chance to, and, and by the way, if anybody 
uh, is into Discord, feel free to join our Discord as well. And, you know, if you're open to it, if there's any follow-up questions from folks that, you know, maybe pops up afterwards. I know we have a lot of shy folks too, but uh, the Discord is also a great space to post questions and such and happy to relay. And there is nobody that has raised their hand and no comments either. <laughs> we got a show. Oh, I see one actually. Hold on. Bruce, perfect. You should be able to speak. How's it going, guys? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, like uh, Blake kind of just dropped this little invite in here. I just stopped by. But um, yeah, so just kind of hear you guys speak. One of the things that I was have been playing and toying with is um, kind of creating in real life experiences for people to come to a certain location and admit. So for instance, like you have a Seattle museum up there, right? So imagine if you had your art pieces and you had artists and like a patron could come in and if you made an app or if someone's familiar with MetaMask, you could actually geofence that museum and you could actually have somebody, you know, look at the art, learn about it, but also mint an NFT at that place. So that's something that I've been toying with I uh, just want to kind of get your thoughts and is that something of interest to artists to kind of kind of bridge that gap between, hey, I can mint an NFT at the museum um, and actually learn about the art. And the art could be, you know, an open edition per se, but it's just something I was thinking about. And um, <clears throat> I actually got this kind of idea, inspiration from uh, Mokasi, who did kind of a geomint at all of the uh, modern art museums around the world. He geofenced them all in, and I went in there, and I was able to kind of mint this thing. It's like a poke AI Pokemon thing, but uh, I was thinking that, hey, if that's something that you could actually use to actually promote artists and get artists more familiar with NFTs um, and people to have experiences in real life at museums. Uh, yeah, I mean, I um, yeah, I don't know if there's other museums doing that. I think that, that, that other people are doing that, um, but like you would kind of, um, like, what do you call it, like, kind of treasure, treasure hunt. <laughs> um, you have to go around these different places to mint, um, entertain and create experiences with their locations. I mean, I think that more museums can make, you know, like, um, I would say this, um, like, just be a center of, like, general, like, engage people and get, like, onboard people, I guess, more into NFTs and be, like, a really friendly place where for NFT curious people to like do cool things and actually walk away with their own NFT. Awesome. Yeah, that's just I, I just think that there's a gap, right, between like what an NFT is, um, the perception of it. But I think if you actually could leverage that with physical art and educate people on, hey, this is uh, you know, you're learning about art, but hey, this is what an NFT can do. 
and you actually kind of educate them that, hey, like, I know how to mint this. It's a digital collectible um, and kind of shake off this, you know, misnomer that NFTs are, you know, a scam. I think that would actually leverage art from a physical standpoint and then a digital, right? Because now artists have a connection with patrons that visit that museum and they can actually, now they have information on their wallets and they can actually airdrop or they can do more experiences um, continually. So uh, just some food for thought, but um, yeah, I, uh, I'm part of, I don't know, I'm part of a consortium pretty much. I have a bunch of devs and different people that I work with and we're just trying to innovate and see where, what sticks, but um, kind of helping artists is like top of my list. So um, it's just something that we do, but, uh, but yeah, happy to talk more about that at some point. But I think, I think kind of like a, in real life experience for people to mint a open edition or, you know, digital piece specific for that day could be very valuable um, to get people to go to the museum. Yeah, that yeah, that's really actually a great idea too. Like even or get people to come back to an exhibition once they've been already, maybe you know, and deepen their experience of it. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like lastly, I'll just say that this. So again, you have this token, right? If they mint this token, they have it in their wallet. But alternatively, you could be like, look, if you get this token, you can actually burn it. Um, for a physical copy, or you can actually use it to pay for a digital print. So it's just something that, you know, I've been thinking about a lot and, you know, kind of wanting to experiment at some point to see what sticks, what doesn't, uh, and then we can go from there. But uh, yeah, I think that's where the kind of the power of, you know, NFTs as well as physical art can intersect. I'm not sure if, if y'all are familiar with Poaps, and it doesn't have to be that blockchain necessarily, but uh, which Poap is for folks who don't know, it's a proof of attendance protocol. And uh, there's this uh, app called Venity. They use the Polygon chain actually, and theirs does encompass a geofencing component to it. Um, so yeah, you can only mint if you're in that specific area. What's really cool about them too is you only need an email or phone number to sign up. Uh, so the the way the wallets are, are managed for new folks, it makes it really easy to onboard as well. But no, I, I am super interested in that concept of making that connection, the real world with the digital um, and how to amplify, you know, the the experience there. So, you you know, you may, maybe you did go see that piece. Therefore, yeah, you get to unlock something. So, yeah, no, those are great thoughts, Bruce. Uh, happy to connect with you, too. I'm not sure if you're in the Discord, but yeah, if you have any ideas around that, we actually are working on some things right now to uh, make it so that folks that come in, you know, will get to leave with something. So yeah, we're, we're running ideas like limited editions, you know, depending on the exhibit, depending maybe on pieces, you know, so yeah, those are great. Those are great points. Yeah, I'll definitely um, join the discord, but you're right. Like the PO app is a good entry way in, but like I said, if you guys are the ones educating people and they get comfortable with you, then they learn about PO apps, they learn about NFTs, they learn about art, they learn about going to the museum. It's just like, you know, repetition, right? If you train somebody and they get stronger, they're going to want to come back and train with you. So it's like, I take that kind of concept with art as well. And you get people to be like, I'm not, art is not as intimidating as it, you know, it is. And then people start um, start experiencing a lot more and learning more. And then I think that's kind of the pathway to get more people into art in general. Yeah, yeah it's here, here. Oh, sorry, Gummy. 
No, no, no. I was just, I was just didoing. Just. <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot of room to like gamify experiences as well, and I think NFTs are basically the perfect technology for that aspect. That's you know why does Pokemon and all these things do so well? There's like a there's something within humans we like to collect, uh, and so you know these NFTs could act as a bridge in collecting and remembering our experiences, which in in our in our minds are much more powerful. So that you know this is a way of abridging that um, physical with the digital piece and and what was happening and you going there or whatever it is. So yeah, huge huge fan of trying to figure out what that how to blend those together. I I have a question, um, and I, I do have to go at five. But um, wh- how did the museum get started? So the the two co founders are Jennifer and and Peter, and essentially they started. They they were super passionate. They've been exploring NFTs and going to events. And they just felt like there was so much opportunity here in Seattle to kind of grow the community around that. And that was our goal is to kind of create a hub and and a place for resources and to educate. And, uh, you know, it's after a year now, what's really cool is we actually are free entry. It's just by donation. So the, the goal really there is to just let people come in and learn. And that's the, the mission statement there. And then with that also, uh, fostering artists, onboarding artists that maybe are new to NFTs. But yeah, Jennifer and Peter just kind of, you know, had the drive to really create it, manifest it, and uh, and fund it, and uh, had that dream and invited folks to partake, volunteer, uh, ultimately employees. But yeah, I got to give credit to Jennifer and Peter. They really were passionate and, and went with it. Um, well, if anybody has any last questions, I'll, I want to go ahead and let people do so. Otherwise, uh, I'll, I will be kind of doing a little closure here so I can make sure Mika gets out of here on time as well. Um, but highly encourage folks to comment on Twitter or Discord anytime, any questions or anything like that, too. Yeah, my people can hit me up, too, over Twitter anytime. Oh, and then do you mind uh, letting folks know uh, so Twitter and then Instagram, is that another place? That, okay, cool. You have your link tree. Yeah, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Just It's my name for both Mika and Marple. And then I'm noticing the link tree also has the uh, links to the collections if people are interested and want to check out more of that. Nice. Um, well, I just want to express you know our deepest gratitude from the museum to our special guest, Mika, for sharing so many valuable insights and experiences and your artistic journey. Um, It was really interesting to hear the different phases you've been through. Um, It's been a huge pleasure.